We'll get to the Word of God, and because uh, we're still looking at the best is yet to come. And, you know, uh, while we talk about that, my, uh, you know, heart's desire is that it'll arrive at your front porch. It'll, you know, appear in your mailbox. That it will become a substantial substance in, in the dream, you know, becomes reality. And as we mentioned last week, you know, the importance of earthing a vision. Uh, in order for a vision or a dream to be earthed, it must have a, an earthly counterpart. It must have. Even God's dream for redemption required an earthly counterpart. And so you and I have a great deal to do, everything to do with God's vision for your life and for our lives. So not only are we, am I as loud as it sounds to me? Is it okay? It's fine? Okay. All right. You know what I mean? I can't hear, but I'm hearing it. So I'm going, whoa. <laughs> uh, but not only does God need that earthen vessel, he needs an earthen vessel that is full of faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today is building up our faith and uh, uh, several things that the Lord has just put in our heart. So let's lead, read some scriptures first that, uh, how many think the Bible's, it's okay to have a Bible in a church and, you know, and uh, yes. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not gonna quit, so we don't want you to quit. It's a partnership. Now the just shall live by faith. Well, if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition or the former life, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We plan to finish or cross the finish line. But you, beloved, point to somebody and tell them that's you. Build yourself up in what? This most holy faith. Then he goes on giving us some keys to it, praying in the Holy Spirit. Great patriarch. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So reads our scriptures. 
when we approach the subject of faith, if you've been around a while, it's tough to come up with, you know, something that uh, is new. And I have not tried to do that. But I will be like, I believe it was Peter that said, I want to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I want to get your mind headed in the right direction. And that's what we want to do today. Why is this so important? Well, the scripture says in Matthew chapter 11 that from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, opposition. The violent, of course, take it by force. And while there's the general overview of this, there is one particular area that the enemy is after, and that has to do with your faith. Faith, that's essential to the life as God has designed it. One of those major tenets of Christianity, for now abideth faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, of course, is love. We might interpret or say that faith is the momentum that love brings us into a peaceful future. It's the momentum. We need faith. We need hope. And we need love. It's by faith. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that Satan's kingdom is subdued. That righteousness is born. That the demonic fires are quenched. And God's promises are obtained. Mouths of lions are shut. You become brave in battle. And faith sustains you. It says according to Paul's writings to 1 Timothy. That there is a possibility of our faith shipwrecking. So we want to avoid that. Faith that holds us steady and keeps us safe in the storms of life. This faith is so vital because it has everything to do with your future. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. And when something is seen, it no longer needs faith or hope. So what you have, praise God for it. But your tomorrow is connected to hope and faith is that connector to the hope that which you are hoping for. Amen. This faith is activates and unleashes the power of God according to your faith. Be it unto you. It is, he said, your faith that has made you whole. Amen. That turned it around was his faith. The things that are promised for the future, and there are many that reach 
even into the eternities, but things that are also present that are invisible. Invisible. It says that I have not seen and ear is not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has loved him, but God has revealed. God has revealed. He wants us to be able to see. There's something about faith that affects every muscle and every strand of thought. Yes, it's fundamental. It's like an oxygen. Now, if you stop and think a little bit, how was your week? You know, and when, if by chance you had some low times in your week, how did that get high? No doubt there was an infusion of something that at least, you know, begin to inspire you. And you were seeing more than just the valley. Yes. Because we know that faith can move mountains. It illuminates pathways in times of darkness because faith emits a spiritual light. It really does. It can be oh so dark and feeling oh so hopeless. And a word of God, a promise of God, or the Holy Spirit inspiring something, and there is a light that begins to shine. And so faith is the pathway to the future and blessing. Your future is as bright as your faith. It is as bright as your faith. So if you want a brighter future, you need to increase your faith. And I'm not talking just to you, but to me also. This thing is so vital and so important that Satan is after your faith. And that's why the scripture says you need to contend for the faith. You're going to have to fight for your faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes? Amen? That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That there's something good going to come out of at the end of what you may be going through or what you may be, may, may be happening in your life. God's good. That was a little too weak. <laughs> God's good. All the time. time. Amen. God's good. God's good. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord. Amen. Nothing is more powerful than the Holy Spirit flowing through the faith of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Amen. Yes. Your faith is so vital. It's the target of the enemy's plans and attack. I have prayed for you. Jesus said to Peter that your faith would not fail. Why didn't he just pray that his life 
situation or the difficulty could change. Because faith is greater than your difficulty. Amen. If it doesn't fail. The enemy delights in destroying your faith. So you need to be relentless. He's violent. You need to be violent. You know, you're supposed to be humble and kind toward mankind, but when it comes to the devil, (coughs) don't give him any place. Absolutely not. You're out of here, boy. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yes. Got to be relentless in protecting and increasing your faith. Faith is vital. Our faith is under construction. Amen. Our faith. You've heard all the definitions, but I believe it's a life attitude. It's a confidence. It's a trust. It's believing that something is true and committing your life to it. It's a strong belief in the supernatural power of God. Amen. Regardless of the state of your circumstances, Martin Luther said this, faith is a living, bold trust in God's grace. Oh, yes. Did you know that faith is for people that are coming up just a little bit short of attaining the things that they're trying to get? Yeah. Faith is to your advantage. You're coming up short. Stimulate. Renew your faith. Because you are a personal building project. You are a building under construction. And it's your faith. God is the general contractor. But you are your project manager. You build yourself up in the most holy faith. And sometimes in this building project of our faith, we enter construction zones. In construction zones, there is a lot of messy, confusing. I don't like them. (laughs) The infrastructure that they're trying to pass for our country, we desperately need it. But I sure don't want to have to travel that way where it's taken place. Yes. But construction of our faith is the process of putting something together. Building something for the purpose of improving or making something all together. So catch this morning that you are your project manager. The project manager of your faith. When it says that he's the author and the finisher of our faith, that is true in that sense. But it is more correct in that he is the leader 
And that's why Hebrews says we're to look unto Jesus, the author, because he is the leader of our faith. And he's with us all the way. So let me first of all, if I might, talk to you about contaminated faith. Contaminated faith. This talks about weak faith, strong faith. It talks about pure faith. And the Apostle Paul says and writes to us, or rather uh, James, excuse me, that it's possible to have a contaminated faith. And the contaminated faith, James writes this, my brothers and sisters, do not hold faith of our Lord Jesus Christ with partiality. Whoa. Verse 9 says it's a sin. In other words, when it comes to faith, there is no social unevenness. There's no income unevenness when we're walking in faith and carrying out faith. Now, there's a difference, of course, in the economies of people. But when it comes to how we treat people, it cannot be contaminated by preferences. And this is what you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is contaminated faith, partial faith, partial being not just, you know, a half or a quarter, but partial in uh, preference. Remember what he said? He said, when you come together, you know, you want to be with your own clique. You want to be with your own social status. And you push aside and neglect. You know, he said, there's a, you know, dramatic outcome for that. Now, not everything, but there are some sicknesses and even deaths, he said, that happen because of contaminated faith in that realm. So I'm running, man. Yes. Contaminated faith is when you engage or Put yourself in position and open yourself up to gossip. We're, we're in a construction zone right now, okay? It's kind of messy. But it's about decontaminating. It's about detoxifying our faith. It says we need, shouldn't be judgmental. Shouldn't let doubts or skepticism, because they all conspire. 
on your feelings. Try to harden your heart. And Satan is a master at misrepresenting the Lord's work in refining process. It's after your faith. Your faith. Think about it. Your faith. So let us build our faith now. Faith must be fed. Yes. If by chance your faith has diminished or if you have even lost faith, you can get your faith back. You can resurrect your faith. There are Bible characters who lost faith and they got their faith back. Listen to some of the greats. Elijah lost faith when he got his faith back. John the Baptist reached a point that he was unsure of his faith. Peter, Thomas, Gideon, Moses, Abraham. They lost faith, but they all got their faith back. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. It was Colossians that said, let your roots grow down in him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth. The truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So you must feed your faith and starve your doubts. It's not a cute phrase, folks. It is a fact. It is a reality. Amen. You can't just give your faith cold snacks and expect it to be strong and grow. You have to feed it for man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Friend, you and I need to be in the book. Hallelujah. And if you can't be in the book, you need to be in church. That was an open door there. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Find somebody. Connect with somebody. <clears throat> hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you got to feed your faith and starve your doubts. And you got to open your heart to God's word. It's not just about hearing it. You know what I mean? It's about opening your heart to the word of God. Instead of, you know, closing your heart, allow the word to breathe fresh oxygen into your soul because the word of God is the bread of God. That's how you take Jesus in. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of you. Let me tell you, folks, just because you take communion doesn't mean that you're partaking. 
got to have the word because it's about the word. It's about what he said, the remembrance. It has a story behind it. Oh, yes. And so enrich your faith and build your faith by really set in your heart for the word. Joshua 1 and 8, a great favorite of Gordy Reesgraf. I know in mine too, this book of the law shall not, part from, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You need to feed your faith by saying the word. Yes, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we have proclaimed. Faith has a language. Faith's language is the word of God. With the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, when you become a Christian, you had a breakup with the devil. You broke up with him. But a lot of times in relationships, that when you're in them, there are certain things that are given to you. Little mementos, expressions of themselves. Thoughts, lifestyles, attitudes. How many's had more than, well, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> when you were in relationship with the world, it gave you a lot of things. And when you become a Christian, you break up with the devil, you need to send him back everything that he gave you during your relationship. Send it back. The doubts that he had placed, send it back. Lifestyles that you, you know, had embraced and learned, send it back. Now, the black book with his number in it. Send it back. Oh, yes. Fact is, I believe that you should put a blocked call on everything that comes from him. Amen? We need to block his calls this morning. When he comes your way with doubts and confusion, etc., you can say, I don't understand, but I'm not accepting this. Amen. Don't take his call. Absolutely. Make it 
a real breakup. See the children of Israel. You know what I mean? They, they wanted to go back. They started to remember that relationship and some of the things that, you know, felt good. Oh. Send those gifts back. Send those ideas back. Pull down every strong hole that exalts its, itself against God. You are the project manager. You can do this because God is leading you. It is true that perfection cannot be reached in this life, but maturity can. Maturity can be reached. Hebrews 6 says, let's go on to maturity. Is this making sense to you this morning? Now, let's get a test on how you know if your faith is really alive. Faith without works is dead. Faith without active kingdom living Needs a resurrection. When faith is alive, you live with hope, expectation. Yes. You're excited about kingdom life. You're anticipating the best is yet to come. But when faith is, its life is on its deathbed or depleting away, you watch. It will be evident in your life. I'm not talking about all of a sudden you become doing great sins. You stop doing good things. So how do we revive faith? Just by doing good works? No. That's artificial. You revive good works by reviving faith. If you don't have a pulse, what do you do? You revive the heart and you get a pulse. When you revive faith, hallelujah, then you get faith pulse. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. 
Oh, yes. It is a natural outflow of living, living faith. Amen. And that's the kind of faith that God has given to us. And we've talked a lot about these things, you know, to need to recharge your soul. But let me, one of the things that in our communion this morning, I want to add to how to recharge your faith besides plugging into God's word and getting alone with God. And that is, you need to start a remembrance plan of what he's done. It says they forgot the miracles. They forgot all that he had done. So I recommend this morning, start a remembrance plan. Yes, just as you celebrate those holidays, etc., begin to celebrate those times, and it will revive your faith and faith will have a pulse then. Amen. Talking this morning about not just the beginning of faith, but developing an uncommon faith. I mean, know that Abraham in that passage of Scripture is pretty uncommon faith, isn't it? It really is. And he writes it there for us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I want to ask the question, ask the question this morning. What do you see when you look at Jesus? Because that's what he tells us to do. Look to Jesus. What do you see? Let me give you some thoughts. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The one who created the universe. The one who holds it together. The one who's always been and will be. Do you see the one who is unmoved, unchanging, undefeated, and never outdone? Do you see the one that was bruised that we might be healed? He was pierced that he might ease our pain. He died to give life. He fought the battle against darkness to give us peace. He is the light, he is love, he is Lord, he is goodness, kindness, gentleness, he is God. His ways are right, his word is true, he's unchanging, he thinks of me. 
He's my redeemer, my savior. He's my joy, my comfort, my hope. When I'm afraid, he stands beside me. When I'm hurt, he heals me. When I'm broken, he mends me. And when I'm confused, he leads me. And when I'm hungry, he feeds me. And when I have problems, he solves them. He's the one that the world cannot understand. The armies cannot defeat. The schools can't explain. The leaders can't ignore. The Pharisees could not confuse him. And the new age can't replace him. What do you see when you look to Jesus? Hallelujah. Now I gave a lot of them. You know what I mean? But you got to see something when you look to him. Yeah. Something that would just stimulate your faith because he's the author and the finisher. And so that's what you do. You inspire your faith. When you look at him, all of a sudden it should rise. There's an energy that comes from faith. There's works that come from faith. God works. By faith, Noah built an ark. Amen? Yeah. By faith, we read the great patriarchs, you know, and the things that were accomplished, and they did it, all because they connected to faith, which is not a commodity. It's a person. Yeah. God wanted his faith to become part in our lives. And not just in a few people, but all across the world. He connected his faith with humanity through Jesus Christ. Again, that embodiment or that earthiness. My musicians come this morning. Maybe you're in a construction zone in your life right now. Remember, the Bible is the final court of appeal in all matters. That's what Abraham is saying when he says he did not consider his own body dead and the partners that were, you know, going to be connected to the promise being fulfilled. Now, he said God has the final say. And this is what he has said. Faith. You already know that 
the word is important to your faith. Paul says that we have in need, we have, and we need to make it strong, an immune system against the onslaught and the ferociousness of the enemy. He said it's called the shield of faith. Yes, it's a powerful tool. You are not going to stop the incoming missiles. But you sure can make, you can be sure that they will be deflected if you immediately raise the shield of faith. There is, at various times, allowed conversations of why and what and how, but not on a regular basis. Not on a regular basis. I believe, and therefore I speak. Yes, God rewards your faith. He does. He rewards your faith. We don't have time. But to build this kind of faith, you need to be secure in God's love and the fact that he has chosen you. You need to be confident in his all-powerful, all-knowing, all-caring God. Stand with me. Faith. Have the faith of God. Amen. You have faith this morning. You have a measure of faith this morning. And so you, we send his email back. Send that email back. That says, if you had faith, say, no, I have faith, but increase my faith, Lord. If your life seems to be diminishing in the things of the kingdom, revive your faith. Renew your faith. Build up your faith. Really, Jude said, start praying in the Holy Spirit and get the Holy Spirit involved in your life. Really get him involved. Man, I talk to him, you know. 
we get along. And he tells me, you know what I mean? You can improve on that. Your faith is, you know, you're, 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 you're opening the wrong emails, son. Yeah. You know, most of the people that use, has smartphones, you know, you get, you get messages and you don't even know where they're from. And boy, you don't want to open them because they will contaminate you. They, you know what I mean? You get access to a whole lot of things. My children have taught me not to open them. So, I mean, I'll call them and say, I got one from Apple the other day. You know what I mean? And it sure looked like Apple. But I wasn't smart enough to know it wasn't from Apple. So I called somebody to help me. Is this from Apple? They looked at it. It's not from Apple. Oh. Don't open the wrong emails. Hey, man. There's a whole book of emails. Whole book of emails right here. Amen. Now, you can't have them all in one day. Uh, but you can find one or two that's specifically for your day. You know that word of truth? I hear people say so much to me, the word of truth that we give, the, we give you. You know, you got to be kidding me. It's just the right word for the, for the day. Who is this guy? That guy doesn't know you, but God does. God does. All right. Amen. And it's a faith that you can pass on. So what kind of faith do you want to pass on? I know you want the best. I'm well aware of that. The best. But send back the old boyfriend's gifts. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Let's sing it. Because the best will come on the wings of your faith. According to your faith, so be it unto you. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, oh yes, you shall say to this mountain, be removed. That is purity, church. All right? It's not something that is so great, but it's the purity, and that's why we need to decontaminate detoxify our faith. It's pure and holy in him. Amen. Praise God. So as you go, when you meet people, make sure you're meek and humble and kind. And when it's the devil, you can be strong and mean toward him. Go with God because that's where he's going. He come to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Have a great Memorial Day celebration.